What's, what's going on, man? Not much, man. You ready to get this thing started? Let's do it. All right. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan. Welcome to the latest edition of the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast Show. On the line right now, I got Nick Hamilton. What's going on, Nick Ham- Hamilton? What's going on? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, man. Tell us a little bit about what you do, man. Um, covering the world of sports and entertainment or pop culture, whatever you want to entitle it. Been doing it for about 10 years now. So I cover four major sports, college football, college basketball. I do film premieres, red carpets. I'm on radio. I do TV. That's pretty much me, man. Getting it in, man. You know what I mean? Welcome to the show, man. We're happy to have you. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Um, Today's show, we're going to talk about who can challenge the Lakers (coughs) in the West. And Nick, in the West Conference, besides the Clippers, who can challenge the Lakers in the West Conference? You know, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to look at Utah and what they've done with Mike Conley Jr., adding him with Spider Mitchell. I think you can't count out the Houston Rockets and what their what their potential is as far as James Harden, Russell Westbrook, you know, P.J. Tucker. Um, so I think you have, you know, some competition. It's the Western Conference. I mean, everybody's going to be gunning for the top two seeds, which are the Clippers and the Lakers. So you have to look at Portland. I think Portland is a viable, um, you know, rival or opponent. Um, there's a few, you know, those are things I, I can, those are teams I think of off the top of my head. So I think when you look at what they bring to the table, it's almost like NBA Jam. If you people remember NBA Jam, it was only two players with the best two players on the team. Yeah. And that's what you have in the Western Conference. You got an NBA Jam type of situation where you have at least five teams with two really solid, good players. Yeah, man, I totally agree with you. But for me, man, I say Denver is our toughest challenge. And, uh, Houston, because James Harden is on on mission to prove everybody wrong. Because uh, a lot of a lot of my friends don't like James Harden, but I think he's a great player. Well, he can score anytime he wants. He's the best scorer in the league. And if him and Russell Westbrook get it clicking, they didn't even have to give up uh, any draft any other players. Just get Chris Paul and a couple picks. But what I'm saying is, man, it, if Houston clicks on all cylinders, they could be scared. I agree with you on Houston. I disagree with you on Denver. I think Denver is a good regular season team, but they stink as a playoff team. I don't think they figured it out yet. I think they do everything around uh, their big man. Excuse me. And um, I think that's going to be a problem because they're one-dimensional almost. And when I look at the Denver Nuggets, I don't think they have the ability. I don't think they have the depth to go deep into the playoffs. And that's when I think any other Western Conference team like the Clippers, Lakers, Utah, Houston – will definitely catch up with them and, and show them the door. Um, so I don't think they're really a challenge. They may be challenging in the regular season, uh, but in the postseason, not at all. I'm not convinced. Yeah, that, that was a team that I uh, based it off the regular season. Like, I, I know they struggle in the playoffs, but I feel like in the NBA, you have to go through growing pains to get better, and I feel like Denver can learn from that. But really, have they gotten better? Because I don't think they have. I think they're still the same team that we saw last year. The 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 uh the compete at a high level, get really good, play well against competition, and stink in the playoffs. That's kind of that's kind of how Houston is though too. I mean, Houston upgraded though. I mean, they added West, Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple Double himself. So Houston kind of upgraded. When I look at the Denver Nuggets, I look at they haven't upgraded. They they pretty much have the same team from last year. They haven't done anything spectacular to keep, to compete seriously with the other teams that we mentioned 
mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. So until they start doing that, now maybe they make a trade during the trade deadline and may upgrade them. You know, that remains to be seen. But as of right now, as we're looking on paper, there's no way in hell I'm picking. I'm worried about Denver beyond the regular season. No way. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's going to be a crazy season, man. But we got to get into, obviously, the Lakers and LeBron. Why does LeBron James, like, get criticized about everything in his – like, why is LeBron getting criticized all offseason? Stephen A. Not Stephen A. Smith. Skate Bailey says he's washed, which I don't believe. And I feel like LeBron James can prove everybody wrong. And why does LeBron get criticized? He's a champion. Like because people, people hate greatness. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. It's simple. People hate greatness. I mean, listen. The fact that this is the first time LeBron has had significant rest and never made the playoffs, had a very, very long, I'm sure tedious off season. Um, you know, I think that when you look at what LeBron is going to prove. I think when you look at what he's going to prove, I think there's a problem where you look at you look at what he, he averaged last year, even injured, he missed 18 games. He averaged 27, 8, and 8. So that LeBron who missed 18 games still averaged 27, 8, and 8. What do you think this LeBron is going to do healthy? Now, do I believe that he'll have load management? Absolutely, because LeBron is getting older. But I think he's going to be hungrier. I think he's going to be more determined. He's definitely more focused. And I think this team is a better unit this year than they were during the experimental year, I like to call, last year. So, I mean, you have the, the another top five, top six player playing alongside you in Anthony Davis. And then you have an upgraded Kyle Kuzma. You look at Rondo. You have JaVale McGee. Uh, we'll see how well Dwight Howard works out. Because all you need Dwight Howard for is, is around the rim and rebounding and, and altering shots. That's all you need him for. Um you know, that you look at Quinn Cook, who to me is a sleeper that everybody continues to sleep on. But you got a guy like Quinn Cook who has the experience, championship experience, I might add, with the Golden State Warriors, who brings that experience, being able to bring the ball up, to, especially in tight situations, that kind of takes a mile, put, keeps miles on LeBron James. That, that to me was a godsend. That was an asset, a huge asset to get Quinn Cook. Um, so I think LeBron has a lot to prove. I, f- I think he feels like he has some things to prove and he's going to show up and show out on the court. And uh, you have another team across the hall who's definitely going to be bringing the noise night in and night out. So LeBron is definitely in the right situation. It couldn't be a better time for basketball, not just across the league, but basketball in Los Angeles. Yeah, man. I agree with you on the Quinn Cook signing, man. Quinn Cook's a, a championship veteran, too. He goes, he knows how to win. He knows what it takes. And, Here's the other thing too. Everybody's sleeping on too. Avery Bradley. Mm. Avery Bradley. I got to see what everybody. I'm, I'm wondering how much is left in the tank with him. He did good last year on uh, Memphis. He did solid. Mm. That was last year. It's a new year, different yeah. team. Yeah, Same true. thing with Danny Green. Yeah. How, how much is left in Danny Green's tank? I mean, I'm not saying that it's not. But what position is he going to? Or is he? What is he going to bring with his position? Yeah, all these all these guys that we picked up. And here's the thing, too, I want to get your thoughts on. How come mm-hmm. nobody's giving Ginny Buss credit and only giving Rob Link and LeBron credit? Well, most owners don't get credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve Ballmer really doesn't get credit, um, even though Steve Ballmer is a big-time name. But when you think about it, who gets the credit for that? Doc Rivers, Lawrence Frank, people out in the front office. Mm-hmm. Jerry West gets actually gets the credit, if you want to be technical. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any owner that really gets credit for major signings. Mm-hmm. So Jenny Buss is no exception just because she's Jenny Buss. It doesn't mean anything. I don't think I think it's much to do about nothing. I mean, Jenny Buss is still a, a very bright, intel, you know, intelligent individual. Uh-huh. Um, I think she's very capable. I think she's committed to bringing the Lakers back to prominence. Um, and I think she's, you know, moving in the right direction to getting the Lakers back to prominence where they belong. So I think, you know, you have to give credit where it's due. I think people kind of, you know, threw her out with the bath with the bathwater and then give her time to develop and figure things out. And people forget we're all human. It takes time to figure new things out. We don't we don't always pick up on every new thing right away. So she had to do some experiment experimenting. She had to figure some things out. And now I think she's in the, on the right road to getting the Lakers, like I said, back to prominence and hopefully to a 17th title. Would she be the first woman's owner to win a title? You know, that's a good question. I have to look that up. I really don't know. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you or your audience and act like I know because I really don't. But the only, owner I, uh, the only other woman's owner is the one from the Pelicans. And I don't, she has never won anything with the Pelicans, so it probably would be. Possibly. I can't think of anybody any other professional sport that has won anything as a woman owner. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, crazy. I'm gonna, I want to say the L.A. Sparks when they won the those WNBA titles back in 01 and 02. Because hmm. I, I believe Jeannie may have been. I'm, I know the Lakers owned that team for a minute. That was their, you know, that was their WNBA team. Um, but I don't. I'm not sure who actually was in charge of running that. So that's an interesting. That's a good. That's a good Jeopardy question, man. You got me on that one. That's a good Jeopardy question. No, just everybody. But like to me, man. I know I have her on my profile picture. But like, you're biased about Jeannie. Not biased. I, like I said, she has to go through growing pains to get better, and that's how it is in everything you do. So mm-hmm. Jeannie Buss is doing a great job. She's all about winning. She loves her Lakers. She loves them. She like, she wants to bring this the same type of enthusiasm and attitude as her late father, Doctor Buss. Yep. And we got uh, more switch topics. I'm gonna go to NFL. Where's your thoughts about the whole Melvin Gordon situation? Um, I understand Melvin's position. Mm-hmm. I think Melvin's an incredible running back. I think he deserves more than $10 million. Um, If I were GM, I would probably give him $12 million per. Um, but I think it's more about the guaranteed money. Um, that's probably a little bit lower than he expected. Mm-hmm. And um, he hasn't even hit his prime yet. I mean, he's healthy. He has no knee issues. He has, you know, he's healthy. Um, so I think Melvin may may have to go back and come back to the team because I don't think the Chargers um, are going to budge. And the thing that struck me was uh, about a month to a month and a half ago, we asked Tom Telesco, you know, what's the latest with the Melvin Gordon situation? And he said, hey, you know what? We're still optimistic. Um, You know, our reps are still talking to his reps. So, you know, we're optimistic. We're, you know, talks are still on. But now, I think it's a situation where I think Gordon Melvin's agent may have pissed off um, the Chargers organization. And so they may have done that in the point where they may have done that where I say, hey, you know what, Telesco's like, hey, we're not, we're not doing any more negotiations at the end of the year, period. 
And that's when I saw that. I'm like, okay, it's serious now. Yeah, for me, man, I'm a big time. Uh, I was a San Diego Chargers fan. I'm still LA. I'm a Chargers fan in general. Um, I'm not surprised by Melvin Gordon want more money. And for me, I feel like the Chargers front office is conservative. Just pay him the money. He deserves it. He works his tail off in the offseason. He's a great running back. Always injury prone. He's healthy this season, and his last season he was decent. What I'm saying is just pay Melvin Gordon. He's our best running back. I know Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, they're cool, but we need that power back in a big game against the Chiefs or the well, Yeah, I agree, especially within the red zone because Melvin thrives in the red zone, and I think that's where you're going to see a lot of uh, some issues if Melvin, as long as Melvin doesn't hit the, hit the ground, um, as far as hit the field, I should say. Because I think in that red zone is going to be crucial. If I were the Chargers, I would start Justin Jackson. <coughs> Excuse me. That's... I would start. I would start Justin Jackson over Austin Eckler. Yeah, I actually agree with that one, man. Because Justin Jackson does have power in his game, and Austin Eckler it reminds me of a Darren Sproles, the way he can. Yeah, he's versatile. Down plays. Very versatile. Yes. Yep. But yes. man, it's. And here's the thing, too. Melvin Gordon liked my post on Twitter. When I talked about the Chargers made him or the Chargers made a mistake for not paying Melvin Gordon, like he understands, like he deserves the money, man. He deserves that fourteen million. I, like I said, I think I would give him twelve, I would, and I would load it up to, with incentives to fourteen, and that way, hey, if he's really about that life, he'll make his fourteen. If he's not, the Chargers save their money, and everybody's, you know, it is what it is. So if I'm the Chargers, I give him twelve million. I may up the the guaranteed money some. Um. And go with that one, go that route, and just say, "Hey, you know what?" But I'm—I I have a sneaky suspicion. I think Melvin's agent may be the one that's kind of doing him in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have these agents—they're trying to get paid as much as you know you're trying to get paid. And sometimes they're trying to get paid more than what you're trying to get paid. So they'll tell you advice or tell you things that may not be in your best interest. Um, because when you look at the overall scale of things. You look at Le'Veon Bell, you look at Ty Gurley, you look at Zeke Elliott. Well, where does Melvin fall within that category? Well, obviously Ty Gurley has gone to the Super Bowl. Um, regardless of his injuries or what we think are sustainable injuries, you know, Ty Gurley has made it to the Super Bowl. Um, Melvin Gordon has not, not even to the AFC Championship. When you look at Le'Veon Bell in his time, he's made it to deep into the playoffs. When you look at Zeke Elliott, Zeke is the engine to that offense. Zeke is probably the best back in the NFL today. Um, he runs that engine. When you look at the Chargers and who runs that engine, we all know it's Phillip Rivers. And then it trickles down to Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, you know, and, and, and so on. So I think Melvin has to take a, re- a realistic look in the mirror and say, okay, what am I really worth? What am Realistically, what am I worth? Not what I want, but what am I worth? And I think, like I said, I think $12 million is fair. I think, again, loaded up with incentives if you're the Chargers to protect yourselves. If you're Melvin, you say, okay, fine. I'll show you and get your incentives. Even if you make $13 million, guess what? You, you got a million dollars of your incentives out of, that, out of that contract. So I think that's what you do. Um, but Melvin's going to have to come back because by each day passing, his case starts to get a little weaker and a little weaker um, because, listen, it's not a shortage of running backs out here. I mean, Shady McCoy almost signed with the Chargers, you know, but because of the tax problem in California and, and you know, the, the relationship he has with his young son, 
he felt Kansas City would be closer. But remember, the relationship between Anthony Lynn and Shady McCoy goes back to the Buffalo time. And Anthony Lynn is a former running back, so he has a special uh, uh, um, affinity for, you know, running backs. So, you know, if you were to sign Shady McCoy, it really would look a certain particular way just from the optics. Um, but again, I think the Chargers have to get Melvin in, in, to, in, in on the team, and I think Melvin needs to get on the team. I don't think Melvin wants to leave. I think Melvin loves, you know, being with the Chargers and that team, um, but it's a business move. But I remember a while ago when Melvin said, hey, I'm going I'm to come here and be about my legacy. I'm not about the money. Rule number one, never say you're not about the money because it's always all about the money. Always. Or you'll be playing for free like you were in college. Yeah, that's, that's true, man. I totally agree with all your points. But for me, I just feel like he's not coming back. I feel like he's, like, upset with the charge. I feel like his – I feel like he's done with them, and I feel like he's going to get traded because they uh, some team talked to the Chargers, the undisclosed team. That's what Justina Andrews tweeted out earlier today. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I can't I can't say yay or nay. Um, but even if he held out for a whole year like Le'Veon Bell, the Chargers still own his rights. He can't mm-hmm. be a free agent. They'll just replay his fifth year option all over again. So they can hold on to the Chargers can hold on to Melvin for at least two to three years. But didn't Earl Thomas do a slimmer thing? Like I want money, and then he came back and got hurt. That's another thing. Like no, that, I mean, that, I, listen, I don't blame Melvin for holding out, especially at five point six million. But you can't necessarily blame the teams. You have to blame the NFLPA and the CBA because the NFLPA agreed to pretty much help out the veterans and screw the rookies especially in the running back position. They screw them. They bend them over with no Vaseline. Because in the yeah. new, that's why I said the new CBA, if, they want, if, these, if you want to avoid these types of problems, they're going to have to balance out the money for rookies as well as veterans, especially in posi- certain positions, because they're going to have to change it where, hey, if you're a rookie, you get three years as a running back, and then your time is up. Unless you want to, you know, sign a franchise tag and for the fourth year. But having fifth and sixth year option is ridiculous to me. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The day, man, uh, I thought like we're going to get rid of him before the season. And the team, I feel like, would make sense if we feel like. As far as Melvin's concerned? Yeah. But what would the Chargers get back in return? Like- a first and a, a fourth. So you're going to get unknown draftees. Well, and you need, and you, need, you need a quality running back. Mm. Doesn't make yeah. much sense to me. But, but, but Chargers can find that in the draft. The Tom, Tom Celesco is good at drafting. He found Derwin James. Derwin James, I know he's out for until week eight. But the Chargers know how to oh. draft. Well, so if we get a first and a fourth, I'm I'm okay with that, but if we get like a six or seven, I'm upset. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, you have to look at it from this standpoint. Mm-hmm. You don't get, you don't know what you're going to get in the draft. You don't know who's coming out. You don't know how well that's going to work. It's a gamble, especially in the first round. Drafting running backs in the first round is always tricky because you don't know how well that person's going to work out in the long run. It takes three years for you to do that, right? To really get an adequate sense of what type of 
player that is. I'm not trading Melvin Gordon. I go back. If I'm Melvin Gordon, here's what I would do. If I'm Melvin Gordon, I fire my agent, go hire somebody from Rock Nation or whoever, or CAA, and say, look, call the Chargers, say, look, let's start fresh. Can we start renegotiating the process and start fresh again? Let's, let's mend the relationship. Let's mend the offenses. Let's mend the relationship and let's start fresh and see where we could come up with. And I'd be willing to bet Melvin have a different attitude. I'm thinking the Chargers may have a different attitude. And then we may see Melvin maybe week four, week five, which, is, which ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, because Chargers team is very talented. We have a very talented team defense. And if he comes back, we have a punch. I have a feeling our team is so talented we can play the Patriots again and have a puncher chance, Yeah, man. but you better not be at Fox, bro. True, true. But real quick before I let you get up on get up on out of here, what's your thoughts about uh, Jared Goff signing this extension with the Rams? Bleeping brilliant. The Rams have been working on this for a while. I'm glad they went ahead. They were extremely smart because you don't know what was going to happen in Dallas. Excuse me, with Dak Prescott, because Dak if Dak commanded a certain amount of money, that would have pushed Jared Goff's money even higher. Now you're going to pay out the wazoo to keep Jerry Goff. So the Rams were smart to get it done as quickly as possible. $110 million guaranteed out of $128, $129 million. Listen, people can say, people can say that Jerry Goff is overpaid, but you can't judge that man after one year because he had a garbage coach in Jeff Fisher who was out here stealing money. But, Look at the progression when Sean McVay came. This man went to a Super Bowl against a better Patriots team. And so when I look at that, I'm saying, yeah, he's worth it. That, this is a quarterback-driven league. What do you expect is going to happen? I can make this. Um, so that's what I'm looking at. Congratulations yeah, to Jerry um, Goff. Yeah, congratulations to Jared Goff. He deserves every penny, man. He works hard. He's a, to me, he's a talented quarterback. And they always compare the Carson Wentz um, comparison, man. You can't really compare. But speaking of Carson Wentz, um, do you think he's overrated in a sense? No, I just think he has some unfortunate injuries. I think hopefully he stays healthy this year so we can really see the real Carson Wentz that everybody had anticipated and had high expectations for. Um I can't call him overrated because the man has had two, unfortunately, had two, un, you know, unhealthy seasons. So you got to give that man some time. Again, like I told you earlier, it takes about three years to really judge a player. And uh, so this is his year. This is his year to step it up. And this is his year to remain healthy. Hopefully he did some things differently that's going to keep him healthy, whether it's nutrition, whether it's, you know, yoga or stretching or whatever routines he needs to change up to, to remain healthy because Philadelphia has a really good team. They have a very solid team all across the board. Um, so I would love to see, you know, uh, Carson Wentz do well because I want to see competition. I like I like quarterbacks that have a high level of competition, and I want to see everybody healthy on all cylinders in order to really give really to really observe them properly and say, okay, this guy is really it, or this guy is not it. It's real simple. Yeah, I think Carson Wentz. Needs to. De- I know he's been injured and stuff, but for me, 
I just I tell I don't see good in him. I know he's injured, but but for me, Carson needs to prove it to me in the playoffs and regular season. Well, we'll see, man. I mean, the sky's the limit yeah. for Carson Wentz. I mean, he's in a good system. He's got a good coach. So I mean, the sky's the limit. It's up to him. You know what I mean? Much like I, t- I said on my other podcast about Derek Carr. This is the this is it for Derek Carr. It's really but it's pretty much up to him. Whatever happens good, he's going to get credit for it. If it happens bad, he's going to get crapped on for it. Either way. But yeah. will he be left on the tarmac at Oakland International Airport? Or will he be flying across the state lines to the 702 in Vegas? It's up to him. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Carson Wentz. It's up to him. How far he wants his team to go. How does he want his legacy to, to, to really start and really to excel? It's up to him. Straight up. Yeah, I just feel like Derek Carr is going to be traded. I don't think John Gurdon really wants him there. I think he's well, just, he's going to have he's going to have know. a year to prove himself. I can, I can tell you that yeah. much. He's going to have a year to prove himself. Yeah, the Raiders, Ra- Raiders are a team that the, my Chargers need to watch out for. They have a talented team over there. With yeah, but Carr. I'm not concerned with that. I think they can. I think they can beat the Raiders twice. I picked the Raiders to go eight and eight or seven and nine this year. Um, I picked them to finish third in the division um, behind the Chargers. So. You know, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting, though. It's yeah. definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting. But thank you, Nick Hamilton, for coming on the Big Baby Johnson Sports Podcast Show. Go ahead and give out your social media. So hey, man, thank you. you for having me. I appreciate it. Man, I know it's been a while since so we try to get this together. But uh, make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Nick Hamilton LA. All right? Appreciate it, man. Thanks for your time, bro. All right. Peace out.